Hello, Princeton Spark listeners. What you're about to hear is part one of You Have a Job Offer from a Startup. Now what? It was supposed to be a single episode, but there's so much good content, I split it up into two episodes. Two for the price of one. A bargain at twice the price. What follows is a journey through space and time. Through stock and stock options, strike prices, granting investing, phantom equity, and what they all mean. Then look out for part two in your podcast feed in two weeks. Now on with the show. From the Princeton Entrepreneurship Council, this is the Princeton Spark. I'm Wright Sinaris, social media and marketing specialist at PEC. The various people that make up the Princeton entrepreneurial and innovation ecosystem have long been at work, taking risks to bring transformational ideas and companies to the world in the nation's service and the service of humanity. These are the stories of entrepreneurship the Princeton way. At PEC, we support Princeton-connected startups and help to build the regional entrepreneurial ecosystem in New Jersey and beyond. In this episode of What to Do When You Get a Job Offer from a Startup, at PEC, we recently began a series of workshops for startup founders with this very topic, and so our audio is from this session. And the sage advice from our panelists could apply to any job offer, not just ones from startups. Our first panelist was Princeton alum, Jason Meyer. I'll let him introduce himself. I'm a lawyer. I'm a certified uh, compliance and ethics professional. Um, I've done a bunch of entrepreneurial stuff. Uh, been in big firms, general counsel for a, a venture-funded company, started uh, venture-funded companies, been on C-suites, uh, ran things. A startup job offer begins, of course, with a job interview. But let's fast forward to where the real fun begins, the actual job offer letter. I've been talking to this startup, or I've been talking to a venture-funded company. Um, they sent me a letter that says they want to hire me. What's with this letter? What's in here? What does it mean? Um, it looks fine. Is it fine? How do I read it? And I want to try and give you a very high-level view of the kind of stuff that's in that letter. So part of it is what you're being paid, and especially the equity or stock or piece of the action part of what you're being paid, right? You. You know what the dollars mean. Um, and if it's with a startup or venture-funded company, then probably those dollars are not as high as the dollars that your friends who are going to, you know, McKinsey or Bank of America are saying. But it's the rest of it that you're interested in. We'll talk about that. So let's start with the money. Show me the money. Okay, well, the letter is going to say for a base salary of X, and you'll probably figure out what that means, and it'll say you're entitled to some benefits, or it won't, and that part will be pretty straightforward. Um, let's get right to the heart of the matter, which is the part that isn't just cash or benefits. It is compensation in the form of a piece of the action. Um, there are many different types of ways that companies um, attack this issue. I have myself written these letters in many cases, and my clients approach it in a number of ways. Let me try and get it to a sort of simple level of definition. So let's say three different forms. Uh, there's good articles online that would say there's six or seven. Let me try and boil it down to three. All right, one is you get stock, okay? You get a small piece of the company. You have X shares 
you know, you have 10 shares of our 10 million shares. Okay, well, you can figure out what that percentage is. Chances are it won't just be, here, have some shares. It'll be, I have shares, and I will hand them to you if various things happen. That would be restricted stock. So if you see phrases like restricted stock, they're talking about handing you those shares when something happens. So we can talk about what those some things are in just a minute. Um, another form is stock options. And for anyone who has uh, seen the social network or any other popular accounts or been in this world, right? We all think options. I want options. So they're giving me options. Your friends are asking, do you get options? What the heck are options? Okay. Options are basically the right to buy shares of stock, to buy a piece of ownership for a certain price somewhere in the future. If it's worth it. That's because you may get a right to buy those shares at a price, which when you get to the time when you can finally exercise that option, that price might be for more than that share of stock is worth, in which case you don't want to buy the options, in which case they are what people call underwater. That is, they're worthless to you. But why would I, why would I pay the company $17 a share for stock that's worth $10 a share? Okay, it doesn't make sense. But that's how options work. I have the right to buy shares in the future for a price. And then the third one, and actually, I would say among my clients who tend to be privately held and not sort of big VC clients, just because by numbers, most entrepreneurial companies aren't sort of big VC companies. They are more angel invested, more private invested, especially if you're really at the startup phase. So a lot of my clients use what we call phantom equity, which is you don't own any of the company. You don't get to vote. You'll never get to vote. You're not an owner. But... You have a piece of paper that says, if good things happen down the road, we'll pay you a bonus. And that bonus would be as if you owned the stock. So, for example, why do you want to own stock? Is it because you want to cast your, you know, 10 votes when there are a million votes being cast? I really want to cast my, you know, my vote counts. It doesn't really count that much. But if you do own stock, you are entitled to make that vote. You're entitled to get a lot of information about the company. They have to inform you the same way they inform their 20%, 30%, 50% shareholder. You got to get the same documents. You get to see the finances. You get to see the resolutions. You get to go to the meetings. And this is why a lot of new employees in private equity and venture funded companies aren't given stock outright because they don't want you at the meetings and they don't necessarily want you seeing the whole board book and they don't want you seeing the financial statements because for you to do that as an employee can get awkward. Um, so instead they say, look, the thing you really wanted out of this stock was when, we, if and when, when we sell this company for, you know, 10,000 times what anyone put into it, you want that payoff, and we'll pay you a bonus as if you own the stock to give you that payoff. And that's how phantom equity works. But wait, there's a twist. One thing, basic rule, pardon me if you got this one already, but I'm surprised by the number of people I speak to who don't have this one down. Let's say they say to you, whatever this is, phantom equity, options, whatever, 
This represents currently a half a percent of the company. Well, for me, or or let's say you're coming in really early and it's like, well, it's 5% of the stock. You're going to be a 5% owner. Okay. Obviously, you're only a 5% owner or rights to that 5% if it's one of these other forms today. When they sell more stock as they want to, to raise more money, when the next round of financing comes along, when the, the venture capital guys come along and they want, rightly so, a pretty good chunk, your half a percent becomes a quarter of a percent or it becomes a tenth of a percent or less, right? Numbers aren't percentages. And I'm still surprised that the number of people come to me, even who are forming companies, who are entrepreneurs, and, and they have to kind of explain to their friends, hey, the number, is the, the percentage that number is now is not the percentage that number will necessarily be later. I'm giving you a number of shares, not a percentage of shares. That gets into things like anti-dilution clauses and so forth. We don't need to go there for these purposes. Um, the point is, just be aware of what you're getting. Be aware of what you're getting. When we come back from a short break, we'll get into what else you need to know about this magical job offer letter. If you're going to meet in New York City on March 25th, join us for Tiger Talks in the City. Tiger Talks is Princeton Entrepreneurship Council's signature panel discussion series on entrepreneurial topics. We'll have a great panel of Black Princeton alumni talking pathways to entrepreneurship, transition from corporate to entrepreneur, for you folks interested in mid-career changes. We also have a big slate of cities for Tiger Talks on the Road coming up, including April 2nd in Washington, D.C., April 23rd in Nashville, May 6th in Boston, back to New York City for Tiger Talks in the City on May 7th, and then out to San Francisco on May 14th, and Los Angeles on June 11th. Get all the ticket information for these events and more at entrepreneurs.princeton.edu slash tigertalks. Welcome back to the Princeton Spark. You have a job offer from a startup. Now what? Here is Jason Meyer again. Now, for all those forms of equity, there are various variables that come with them. Things like the price, pricing on options. You have the strike price or the exercise price. That is, what can I buy that share for? The typical structure would be you're op- you have the right, you have an option to buy a uh, thousand shares for what's the stock worth today on the day you're hired? Uh, it's worth $10 a share. Okay, well, you have the right to buy a thousand shares for $10 a share. So that's going to be worth it when you help the company grow in value. You make the stock worth more money. Down the road, you'll want to buy those shares for 10 bucks because those shares will actually be worth 25, 50. Okay. That's one condition, which is the price. And as I said before, if the price goes up and then the price goes down, by the time you are able to exercise those options, those options may not be worth anything. So that's always a risk on stock options. Will the price be there when I need it to be there? So that goes in the don't count your money before it, your strike price comes due. Which is what I always say, don't count your strike price chickens until they're hatched, granted, invested. What's granting investing? A grant is when your rights to that start. So it would be things like, we'll give you options to buy 10,000 shares a year, granted on the first day of the year for five years. 
So it's 2,000 shares a year. Okay. At the beginning of the year, maybe you get 20% of that, and the next year, 20%. But granting, you've got no rights to that stuff before the grant date. Then you get vesting. Vesting is the period of time over which you can actually exercise those rights, that things sort of ripen. So a typical structure would be, I'll grant you 20% of this every year, and it will vest monthly over the course of that year. Just basically means is, I'm showing you a piece of paper that says you get this, but unless you're around for five years, or three years, or ten years, you don't get all of it. Unless you're around for some minimum period of time, you get none of it. And the question you should ask in that letter is, how long am I prepared to wait? And let me think about that time frame and what happens within that time frame to evaluate whether this grant does me any good. There's a lot more to the job offer letter than what we have presented here, like conditions on granting investing and how you could potentially lose all these rights. Nothing like pausing on a cliffhanger. We will return with part two of You Have a Job Offer from a Startup, Now What?, in two weeks. What's more, we'll also make the entire panel available as a separate download when part two comes out, so stay tuned. What will you hear in the full audio of the entire panel? You'll hear answers to questions like, What kind of worker are you? What is your relationship to that company? And we'll talk about um, who owns what, um, which is not quite as simple an issue as you might think. And then talk some about your, your freedom of movement. What else can I do while I work for these people? What will I be able to do when I'm no longer working for these people, assuming that day comes? With that, we'll end part one of You Have a Job Offer from a Startup. Now what? The Princeton Spark is a production of the Princeton Entrepreneurship Council and produced by me, Wright Sinieris. Engineered by Neil Betwin, on location at the Center for Career Development at Princeton, and Dan Kearns at the Princeton Broadcast Center. I designed the sound and music for this episode. Our theme music is by The Treadmills. Special thanks to Neil Betwin, Lauren Bender, Scott Colin, Jason Meyer, Tom Vandershaft, Rachel Yee, Greg Brooks, and the staff at the Center for Career Development. Comments and suggestions box is always open. Send an email to sparkpod at princeton.edu. If there's a topic on entrepreneurship or a person that you'd like to hear from, please let us know. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Princeton Spark. You'll find some extra content there. You can put some faces to the names and voices you hear on this episode and more. You also have a newsletter so you don't miss out on anything Princeton Spark. You can subscribe at princetonspark.com. The views expressed by our guests on the show are theirs and do not necessarily reflect the views of Princeton Entrepreneurship Council or Princeton University. If you rate and review us in the iTunes store, it really does help the show. I know every podcaster says this, but it's the actual truth. If you haven't subscribed to the show yet, please do so wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hello again, podcast listener. I would love for you to send this podcast to a friend, but if you're like me, and I know I am, I'm probably washing the dishes as I listen to this podcast. So you probably can't quite send this to a friend like the second. That's okay. Just remember this handy dandy acronym and send it when you're done doing the dishes. Ready? Here's the acronym. S-P-A-R-K. Spark. Send podcast along. Recommend kindly. That's send podcast along. Recommend kindly and send the Princeton Spark to a friend. Thanks for listening.